Jolt. The Jolt. The Jolt. This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. This is me on the regular saying hello. I'm Larry Flick and you are on Sirius XMLQ. That is a track from the album Ratchet. Best title, Ratchet, <laughs> by Shamir. And Shamir is in studio. I have been dying to meet you. You're about a foot taller than I pictured. Okay, I was literally talking to my publicist about this. I was like, why does everyone think I'm shorter than I am? And I'm, it's not like I'm that tall, but everybody just thinks I'm short. It, it, your videos, you look tiny. It's your videos. It's, it's, it's not your voice. I know some people might say, because you have a super high voice. No, you project really um, small. Short vibes? <laughs> I don't know. In the video, you look small. You look lanky, but you look small. In person, you are like... I'm nearly six foot. I'm like right under. Yeah. And then the hair gives you... Yeah, the hair is definitely he's giving you. He's foot. giving you height <laughs> with the hair. Um, you're adorable. You're charismatic as hell. Holy moly. Oh, God. Yes, honey. And I'm t I tell the truth. I tell, <laughs> I tell the deep, dark, hard truth. So it's really such a big fan. Oh. And I'm really, really excited to have you here. Um, the album, as I mentioned, y'all, is called Ratchet. And... Um, it's people are are kind of feeling this record, aren't they? I mean, the reviews have been great. But it's yeah, the reviews have been ridiculously positive. I'm like, I'm like waiting for something like to make me cry, but then it takes a lot to make me cry. So you seem pretty tough. That record, the record tells me that you're tough. <laughs> are you? Um, like I'm definitely like a sticks and stones person. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like words really can't hurt me like literally you have to like physically try to fight me and even then i'll put up a fight <laughs> well i wouldn't mess with you because you look like you could punch i mean i did take taekwondo so did you yeah like forever ago but why did you take taekwondo boredom it's not much to do in north las vegas you know <laughs> so are you were you born in vegas yeah i was born and raised in north las vegas yeah really mm -hmm. so it's so funny because i'm i'm born and raised in new york and i People often say to me, no one's born and raised in New York, but I want to say to you the same thing about Vegas. That's so what everyone says, yeah. What was it like being a, a, a little a little child in Vegas? I mean, it's very normal. North Las Vegas is very, it's very normal. It's very like middle America. It's dusty. It's the desert. Um, and yeah, what's even more rare about me being born and raised in North Las Vegas is that... Um, both my parents were born and raised in Vegas, too, which is, like, super rare. That is rare. Yeah. And you still live in Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so... Part-time. <laughs> I'm always, you know, somewhere. Well, now you're traveling. Yeah. <laughs> now you're traveling. So when did when did you discover that you could sing? I think I always kind of sang here and there when I was, like, young, just, like, around the house, like, since probably, like... It's probably like kindergarten or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until I was eight when I did like my second grade talent show and like everyone was like telling me how good it was and it was like you should like continue singing and I remember my teacher was like, You should continue singing and blah blah blah. So I did and it felt great and so I've been singing literally ever since. And your voice obviously changes from when you're in second grade, but your voice doesn't necessarily. Not too much. You, but your voice didn't deepen the way a lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, boys' voices. I do. mean, 
I mean, from like even high school to now, probably from like all the cigarettes and everything that I smoked, it's gotten even deeper. It was like even higher than this in high school and stuff. It's like, it's crazy. Because I, I was reading, are you technically what they call a counter tenor? A counter tenor, yeah. Which is somewhere, that's actually how it would be. It's somewhere between tenor and alto. Like, like mezzo, soprano, alto. Um, so and, you, also, and also like normal male tenor parts. So you go all the way up there naturally. That's not falsetto. Yeah, no. And then like, there's a song on my album called um, Youth where I actually sing in falsetto to kind of like show like and the difference. And it's really high. <laughs> yeah. And, but it's also kind of, it just has a different texture and tone to it. Yeah. Um, was that ever a problem? Did you ever get... Did you ever get uncomfortable with yourself because your voice didn't change the way other folks' voices do? I mean, yeah, but not so much to where it was like, like, like self-deprivating. You yeah. know, like, I don't, I think I've always had like a good sense of self. I'm like, the world is going to tear me down anyway, so I might as well, you know, love myself. So, um, I... I mean, I got picked on, you know, a few times about it. Um, like, when I tried to sing in men's choir, they used to get mad because, like, I couldn't, like, make my voice spin, blend with all the other guys and stuff. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, realized early on that I just have to sing my own way, sing on my own time, and, you know, kind of just, like, do my own thing. When did you find the soul in your voice? Because that's when, that's when it, you really come to life. Because I... I remember listening to your your EP, the North End EP before this, mm-hmm. and you you have you have serious soul skill. And you know what? I I hope my mom listens to this. I hope she hears this because she used to, she used to make fun of me because she used to be like because I was saying you know country and folk songs around the house all the time. And she's like, Shamir, sing some soul music. Do you even know how to sing soul? I know, but country music is soul music. I think so too, right? But she, you know, she's such a um, R and B head and everything. Yeah. You know, I grew up like listening to like Tina Marie, Rick James, and all that. And um, I went to New York to record the Northtown EP, and then I had it for her, and she listened to it. She's like, "Shimmer, why don't you sing like this around the house?" <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting because, um. I remember being surprised by the the song, the first songs I heard from Ratchet ha- after having heard the EP, because I thought the EP was going to be different. I thought the EP was uh, was going to take us in a different direction with the album. Mm-hmm. Um, what what were you? I, I would like to, if you don't mind, we will we will dig very deep into Ratchet, but I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna hear what you were where you were creatively when you were doing Northtown because you you took some very bold creative steps. You take bold steps on both records. Mm-hmm. The first but but for us to meet you doing this this gorgeous yet crazy country cover was I'm like, who is this kid? <laughs> who is this kid singing like like he is in a saloon in 1943. <laughs> what is going on? You were giving me way intense realness. What were you thinking? Um, I was thinking that I want, yeah, because this was 
pretty much the first, I think the first thing I've ever like released out into the world solo. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show a good chunk of me if this is going to be the first thing and it's still like very limited because it's an EP and everything. So mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to show all sides, dance, you know, soul, a good ballad. And then I, I like I told um, Nick Sylvester who produced the, um, the EP and the album, I was like, so I want to do this country cover. And he was like, okay. And so he just like put the mic in front of me. Um my guitar and we we recorded that cover just like one take and he was like who like who who is that like who who did that and it's like oh lindy ortega like and it was funny because i had recorded the first two songs i never really love and if it wasn't true the first new york trip and i had just um discovered her last album that she released after i came back recording that song and I felt like Lived and Died Alone was almost like part two of I Never Be Able to Love. And it was like funny mm-hmm. that I found Lived and Died Alone after recording um, I Never Be Able to Love because I already like had loved her past stuff. But um, just discovering that new album and that song. And I remember it was just like I was like on the bus on my way to work and I was like listening to that song. It was like we pretty much like wrote about the same thing. And I was like on the bus like nearly crying. And I was like, this is the song that I'm going to cover. It's 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 a it's a deep beautiful connection between a voice and a song and um it's just it's extraordinary stuff talking to Shamir here on Sirius XMLQ um so you begin working on the songs that would become Ratchet mm-hmm. and these songs are um more steeped in the era of music that I came up in because I'm 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 uh, very much steeped in Larry Levan House and Dave DePino, like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. These songs have that that intensity, that essence. And I don't even think you were born during no. the time that that Larry Levan was alive. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not even going to take credit for that. Um, my producer Nick, he's such a electronic house disco, like all, like he's such a nerd about that stuff and. Um, honestly, before I started the Shamir project, mm-hmm. I didn't know what house music was. And, but it, it was weird because my, like my demos that I was just like recording by myself in my room that I originally sent to him was going like that way naturally. And so like when I like sent him my demos, he was like, you must listen to like so much house music. Like this like brings me back to like, you know, old eighties house music, blah, blah, blah. And I was like. You're going to tell me what house music is? <laughs> what is like, the thing you call house music? Yeah, like, I mean, I've heard of house music, but I never knew no, what I know it what sounded you, yeah, like, yeah. you know? Um, because, like, electronic music, to me, coming from North Las Vegas, or just Vegas, period, was yeah. just, like, that party EDM stuff that they, like, play at the pools and everything, you know, like, Diplo, Skrillex, all that stuff. That was that was pretty much only electronic music to me. Wow. That's so, so interesting. So, So you were already gravitating toward club music. And 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 so what what did it do to you creatively when you started to learn about all this other stuff? It I didn't even want to like learn too much. I wanted to kind of get a brief history, but I knew that Nick already kind of had that in the back. So I kind of wanted to be 
at the same time kind of uninspired. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of give like my own fresh spin mm-hmm. to the sound, mm-hmm. you know, because I knew Nick already had had, you know, knew the basics of that. Right. And so I would just listen to like a bunch of like other things like, you know, other country music, other punk music, other other like just other things to like inspire me. Like, um, like I said in another interview and she actually saw and tweeted about it and I was like freaking out like. Um, call it off the melody and call it off is like super inspired by a jewel song isn't that something <laughs> that's crazy that's crazy so what 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 did you want i i feel like you're you're saying some very specific things with these songs uh, yeah what what did you want to tell us with these songs i mean each song is different definitely um but they collect into a very unified vibe I, yeah it's all I, very coming of age mm-hmm. it's all very like a growing up thing because you know i'm growing up yeah how old I'm are you learning. i'm 20 you're 20 <laughs> yeah baby my goodness um and and do you feel um like this that you you have captured what it's like to be i guess 19 20 in your life in your world on these songs do you feel like you were able to get that done yeah very very and i'm very and i think yeah i feel like very happy about it i think you know once people stop dancing and actually sit down and like listen to the lyrics i think a lot of kids my age can um could really relate to it um there was a a review of my album by um this wonderful lady called victoria she's um a singer and this um punk band I think from New Jersey called um, the Downtown Boys and Downtown Boys is a great band yeah and she wrote a really good piece about it and she she got that like Vegas wasn't just about you know a ode to my hometown and about like oh the pretty lights and you know let's go party and let's go do things like no. she got the deeper meaning about like how all that like lustfulness and you know, stuff like that actually, you know, is actually negative effects on people who live there in the youth. And, you know, and that was stuff that I had to go through. And the fact that she, you know, got that after like listening to the, you know, the lyrics deeply was like, it, it, it made me feel happy because sometimes I was kind of like scared that like, oh, if I put it behind like all these like house and like party songs, will like anybody get the actual like, you know, meaning of the lyrics. But, you know, a few people do. And that's all that matters. I think what what happens with this record is, um, you can experience it in a club, in a gym, wherever you move. But I think if you if you open your mind, like I, I listened to, I remember listening to Demon while I was uh, just laying in bed, and it was very very intense, very different experience <laughs> listening to it, and it, it 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 held me so that I kept listening to the record, the whole record, in that kind of space. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I that's when I start to truly get what you were doing, and um, and I started thinking. I thought many things. I thought, thank God I'm not 19 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and because I because I, I came up during the you know during the 80s and the 90s. You know, I, was, I was born in 1963, so I came out in 1982, mm-hmm. 83, something like that, and. Um, and people think, oh, my God, it was so hard. It was so hard. But 
would never want to be a kid now because it's like sensory assault. I, I feel one of the things I got from this record, and I'm curious to hear what you think uh, about my interpretation, is that there is so much that you're consuming just because, by living oh. that you're desensitized to experiencing all of it. Yeah. That you don't even feel it. Yeah. That it's just kind of like, just kind of cuts through you and you don't even know what's cutting through you. I think that's pretty much my generation in the lump sum. And does that, how do you, let me, how do you keep from having that embitter you? Because my take on you is very joyful. Very, you have this, this wide-eyed wonder about you, even though you're very wise that means that it hasn't hurt you or it hasn't permanently damaged you. Yeah, because everything's a choice. And I choose to, you know, not let it. Like, I have I have those moments where I do feel like that, especially, you know, being, you know, 20 on tour, always traveling, not being able to see your friends, around people that are at least 10 plus years older than you. Mm. It's like, you know, that's, and like you, you're still getting all the sensory, like sensory thrown at you and everything. And it's like it's hard and it's a lot. And things like my music and staying, you know, positive and kind of just like waking up and choosing to make the most of what you have. That's what keeps me going. And I think that I think sometimes. Um, People kind of like, you know, talk about our generation and make fun of our generation, saying that we don't do anything, we're very lazy, blah, 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 blah. It's mostly because most of us are just numb because we're just like getting so, just like you said, so much thrown at us. And and people think that all that sensory overload makes our life easier, but it doesn't. Just because we have everything at our fingertips doesn't, doesn't mean it's going to make our life easier. It's almost like, you know, throwing money to a child instead of love. You know, I know exactly what you mean, because I often say to friends of mine who are younger than I am, that there was something really romantic about having to work for it in a way that you don't even is something as simple as meeting a person, mm -hmm. you know, or showing up somewhere. Right. Yeah. In, 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 in when I was 20 you had to show up on time because you would not necessarily get to tell them that you were running 20 minutes late mm -hmm. because of whatever. So you made it your business. You did it. Mm -hmm. Commitment meant something different than it means now. Oh, totally. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, though, if the success and what comes with it, and you, you haven't even come close to reaching what you're going to reach, what I believe you're going to reach. Um, I'm wondering what it feels like, though, to have some of the world cut off from you. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah. Because but, uh, because now you have people who who follow you, and you know they may be saying true things to you, or they may be lying to your fucking face, baby, mm -hmm. because they get paid to. Yeah. Right. Um, and you're being shuttled from one space to the next, so. How do you a how do you how do you navigate that when you're when you're trying to just navigate sensory overload, and how do you live enough to write another record? I simplify the hell out of my life. 
Um, I don't go out. I don't, I'm not like the type of person that try to like chase famous people to try to get more famous mm-hmm. and like get that Instagram photo or whatever. Like I, I, I almost like kind of like vowed to myself a long time ago that I don't want to, you know, do that. Like, you know, hang out with people just because of like what they do, who they are. Like I only hang out and talk to, I know that sounds, this is going to sound like I'm, like rude or like same peasant or whatever but like normal people like mm-hmm. you know people outside the music business or like you. outside of like you know celebrity or whatever like i i almost refuse to all my friends are normal so uh that's shamir with us on sirius xml q i'm larry flick the album is called ratchet um would you say that you're part of club culture <laughs> no i don't even just like i said i don't ever go out you don't ever go out I, I think I can count on my hands how many times I've been to a club. So um, is it weird that people in the club culture are studying you, feeling you, getting deep into you? Because this is this record is heavy-duty club culture in places. No, I think it's great because it's almost like it's almost like we eat with our eyes first, you know? I, I like the fact that my music seems almost very surface and basic and just danceable to people. And then just like you said, someone's going to have that moment where they're like lying in their bed and hopefully listen to Shamir and like actually listen to the lyrics and hopefully they have that like light bulb moment. It's going to blow their minds. So um, I like that. It's like almost like bringing them in and... And, and that's good because I want my music to be universal and I want my music to be for everyone. And um, and I've definitely been seeing that. Like, it's like my shows are so crazy. Like, it's like a beautiful rainbow tribe. Like, you get, like, male, female, trans, non-binary, young kids. Like, literally at my DC show, like, this um dad bought his two kids and, like, one of them was, like, his child's graduation present. And there was, like, a lady who was, like, like at the very least 45 years old and she came to my show herself like it was just wonderful oh thank goodness i'm almost 52 baby don't 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 let me don't shut me out don't shut me out um so what happens if you sit down with um with nick your producer or maybe you want to work with a different producer and you want to make a couple of country songs because you obviously have an affinity for it I mean, that might already be on the chalkboard. Who knows? Might already be, right? I'm crying. Do you feel free to do that? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, how many how many country songs are out there already? I mean, God. Oh, yeah, no. So is, is, part, of, is part of what you're doing is fucking with people's perceptions of what's acceptable? No, I'm, I think I'm kind of bringing down that musical cast system. Um, I, last night, just... Um, did a very DIY grungy house show yesterday and um, it was put on by um, a friend of mine who's her and her sister are very known like in the like underground DIY scene and they have a younger sister who's you know very normal she works in fashion she's like you know the pretty blonde girl very pop and um, and they always try to get her to like go to like one of their like grungy house shows and like she never gets a chance to go but they was like, oh, Shamir's playing. And she's like, what? I love Shamir, blah, 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 blah. And she 
came in this hot house, sweating, with her perfect makeup on, like, listening to me. And that that was when I knew that my music is working. It's like bridging that gap between country and punk and DIY and mainstream. And, you know, it's I'm trying to break that caste system. Shamir's for everyone. And music should be like that in general because that's how music was for me growing up listening to it in Vegas you know because no one listened to pretty much anything that I listened to anyway so I just listened to a bunch of music not really thinking about who listens to it Mm. smart so how much of this is born out of I remember when we uh when we talked on the phone that day that um part of part of your passion is fashion Mm -hmm. and you were part of a, a if I remember correctly a collective of people who were involved in you know in like yeah the independent fashion right <laughs> um and so and 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 if i remember again correctly that part of what you 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 were doing was stripping away any classification mm-hmm. whether it be black or white male or female queer or straight is this an extension of that oh yeah definitely yeah and, and so how, because I'm looking at you right now and, and you know, I think the average person would look at you and, I mean, you, you, you read as boy, but you also have a shirt that says gender is over on. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, and it says if you want it, which is Ow. very good. <laughs> um, and that is to a lot of people very exciting and to other people very confusing. Yeah. What do you think? Um... I think it's only confusing when you kind of like think in that black and white mode. Um, I've always been so surprised um, by how like people want to know people's sexual orientations so bad, even if they're not trying to them or be in a relationship with them or like you know get deeper knowledge and they just like want to know that knowledge never ask you like your history never ask you your your um like your nationality <laughs> like first thing they, they usually want to know is that and um and there's a, a singer called Kimmy Dawson of the Moldy Peaches and she has um a song called um it's called same shit complicated and she has a line in there where um she's like i have like really old friends and still not know their gender and i like when she said that i was like that's totally me like i never cared like i literally have friends that i still don't know their gender i still don't know their sexual orientation because like i don't like i don't care and especially in music when when people almost kind of like get so mind boggled and confused and almost angry that they don't know my gender when they like watch my music videos or like listen to my music it like it I don't know it's like so funny to me because I'm like my only job is to give you music like why should any of that matter you know so I don't know it's it's a weird kind of like judgmental yeah thing. you know I mean I think I think if I if uh, if I were to try to interpret it I think it's it's um, folks who were raised by boomers who were part of the sexual revolution. Yeah. 
because in the generation, uh, my parents' generation, it was the the confines of, of gender and sexuality were so restrictive and even in, it showed in the music mm-hmm. and, and in the culture in general that there was this explosion and then suddenly it became all about the fact that we were going to fuck whoever we wanted and we were going to be blatant about it. We mm-hmm. were not only going to be blatant about it, but we were going to take it and shove it in your face. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what you're, what you're talking about and what I think you represent is part of the that sensory overload that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you're talking about is what happens when we always wondered what would be the ultimate result mm-hmm. of the sexual revolution. And I think one of the results is the shattering of gender identification, the shattering. Because it's almost like we have we done the revolution, and I feel like what like my generation is trying to do and what we need to do is like normalize it. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, and I think it. But it's it, what, what, what I'm hearing you say, and what I'm hearing in your music, and what I'm even seeing in in the the person sitting in front of me is. Your Shamir, whatever that is. Yeah. Period. <laughs> and yeah. And Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, that's that makes re- me happy. <laughs> but don't you think that's revolutionary? Oh, yeah, totally. It's like, it's like do you think that the next, ra- the next wave of revolutionaries from your generation are artists? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not the only one doing Oh, I know I'm you're doing. not the only one. Do you think that that's where where the real change is going to happen in in the music and in the art and in the fashion and in the definitely it's already where, happening. That's where the expression is going to be. Yeah. Do you feel like people who are not artists are are being opened to to what you're talking about, both as a person and in your music? Do you feel I like mean, Do you feel like they're kind of bringing they're being drawn to it and that their minds are opening as a result of, I mean, of yeah. experiencing the art? I think so. I mean. <laughs> It's funny. I got a a a tweet, uh, like I think like two days yesterday. It was yesterday, yeah. And like this guy at like my show in DC, like took a picture with me, and he was like, "I'm pretty sure I was the only Republican at the Shamir show yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting how often you you reference what people say, um, and I and and I, and it's it's interesting because it's so honest. Because I think most people would would rather sit in a room like this and say, "I haven't read a review. I'm not paying attention to what folks are saying." And I always say, "You're full of shit, dude. Yeah. You're lying." I mean, at the very least, I don't really like try to like listen too much to what the critics say, but it's I always listen to caring, the people. But you have to be aware. Yeah, I always listen to the people. I always try to respond to everyone on Twitter. Like I listen to the people. You responded to me even before you knew I worked in radio. <laughs> I mean, you sure did. I always do. I love it. it. Yeah. Um, the album is called Ratchet, y'all. It's by Shamir. It is um it's a very layered, beautiful, textured record, and you can you could take it very light and superficial and it's filled with hooks and grooves and it's produced well and Shamir sings with beautiful soul and a really shockingly good range. Or you can actually give it a chance and let it change you. And I hope people continue to listen closely. Me too. I've really, really loved sitting down with you. And I hope it's the first of many. Me too. It's fun. So let's plan on it, yeah? <laughs> let's listen to another song. Actually, you know what we're going to do? We're going to play another song from Ratchet. Mm-hmm. 
and then I got I got to share a song from Northtown. Okay. Yeah, sure. can we do that? We'll play we'll play the cover because it's so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. I would love to I would love I listened to that song and and it's funny because on one hand it's like a saloon song, but my husband is from Wales and and we're there part time and it reminds me of my favorite pub in South Wales. Just listening to that song, it's just the most stunning moment. So we're going to play that song as well. Uh, Shamir, again, to be continued. 